Will you please stand as you are able for our New Testament lesson from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 1 through 13. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, Now you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and they conspired to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. Now, while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment. She poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry and they said, why this waste? For this ointment could have been sold for a large sum and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you trouble this woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, but will you not always, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother James, for reading our powerful word tonight. Thank you, Mason and Greg, Miss Patsy, and our youth and for our music tonight. Oh, and our audio team, those that could make it tonight. Thank you all for making this possible, and especially those of you that are here and those of you that are watching live stream. In fall of 2020, we began a year-long series entitled Walking with Jesus, where we discovered together the prayer life of Jesus with our sermon series, Teach Us to Pray, as we explored the many ways Jesus would pray and invite us to pray. The next sermon series was the power of Jesus called Powerful as we explored the many powerful ways Jesus performed miracles. The prophecy of Jesus, the sermon series of the family tree and the birth stories where together we discovered the family tree of Jesus and realized that we are part of Jesus's family tree. The preaching of Jesus was our previous sermon series, Reorientation. Through the parables of Jesus, we learned to refocus or reorient our understanding on the meaning of the message. And today, we begin our sermon series, Passion. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just asked you to allow your Holy Spirit to take a hold of me. Holy Spirit, Crucify my flesh so your spirit can rise up within me. Holy Spirit, preach and teach your word according. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this sacred time. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mind to comprehend. Holy Spirit, this is your time. Use me. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Today we will begin our sermon series, The Passion of Jesus. During the Lent season, we will study the passion of Jesus. The word passion comes from the Latin word meaning suffering. We will journey together throughout the book of Matthew to study the short final period in the life of Jesus from the anointing to the Last Supper, to the betrayal, to the arrest, to the trial, to the denial, all the way to the cross. Whoo, that was a lot. That was passion, the way I said it too, right? Amen. And we would discover together the passion, not just the passion of Christ, but the passion of the scripture as well. But before we enter the text, let us look at the context. So Jesus has been teaching parables to the disciples and others in Jerusalem. Jesus has been to the temples, he's been teaching, he's been preaching, he's been healing. And while he's there, Jesus has faced opposition from the religious leaders. Jesus becomes very popular amongst the people and the religious leaders are angry and they are plotting to arrest him and kill him. Yet they decide to wait until after Passover as not to start a riot. Because you see, Passover is a time where all the Jews come together for the Jewish festival to remember and celebrate God's liberation of Israel's freedom from bondage of slavery to Egypt. So there's gonna be Jewish people everywhere and Jesus is popular. So, oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. We can't arrest him right now. But little did they know that Jesus already knows what they're up to because Jesus knows. So Matthew begins with when Jesus had finally finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days, the Passover is coming. The son of man will be handed over to be crucified. And what the disciples didn't understand is that at that moment, Jesus was telling them that I am the sacrificial lamb. That Passover is a time that a lamb, an innocent lamb is given as a sacrifice. But Jesus is telling his disciples that in two days when the Passover comes, I'm gonna be handed over the lamb, the one and only sacrificial lamb for the world is going to be handed over to be crucified. Me. Jesus anticipates his death and prepares himself for his time. Jesus knows his time has come. Church, understand that Jesus knows that in a few days that Jesus will suffer a death for us. Jesus knows that he will suffer for the sake of the world. Jesus' passion for our salvation and our eternity drives him willingly to the cross. 
Church, what would you do if you knew that your time had come? Would you go and do all the things that you had on your bucket list? Would you try to right as many wrongs as possible? Would you try to forgive everyone who hurt you? Would you call people and tell them that you're sorry for what you did? Mm. What well, Jesus knowing his time has come, Jesus goes to Bethany. Why Bethany? Why does Jesus go to Bethany? Well, Bethany was two miles east of Jerusalem and close to Bethpage where he's going later. Also, Jesus' dear friends live in Bethany. Remember Lazarus, Mary, and Martha? And also, in Scripture, we're told that Jesus' feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. So Bethany is right there in place where Jesus can get to all these places before his time ends. So our text begins with Simon, a former leper, hosting a meal. <laughs> it's funny how in Matthew, normally Matthew does not say anyone's name. You notice that? But here he is on purpose saying, Simon, the leper. I'm convinced that this is the leper. You remember earlier in scripture when Jesus healed the leper and he came back and he said, thank you for healing me. And Jesus says, go and tell no one of this. And I am convinced that Simon is that leper that Jesus cleaned and healed and Simon became a follower of Jesus. So of course, he hears that his friend, the one who healed him is coming to town. Oh yes, baby, I am going to host a supper for my savior. Then scripture takes us somewhere different and it says suddenly out of nowhere, this woman appears with an alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. This woman does something amazing. She pours all the oil on Jesus's head. She recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah and his time has come. She sees what no one else could see. She acknowledges Jesus as Lord and she goes out on a limb and performs an act of loving devotion to her king. The anointing of the head is an anointing that is fit for a priest and or a king. So this woman, when she pours this oil on Jesus' head, she is validating, confirming, acknowledging, this is my king, this is the priest, the highest priest of all priests. 
So let us imagine, y'all, if you will, for just a moment with me. Here's this woman. She hears that Jesus, the Messiah, is coming to Simon the leper's house. And she feels this urgency that is now or never. I have got to get in that room and I have got to anoint his head. So you have to understand this woman, she took a risk, church. Because here's this group full of men, they're waiting for the meal to be served, they're waiting for dinner, they're talking, they're laughing, and now out of nowhere, here she comes, coming in with her little old alabaster box, her jar, and it's rickety, and then scripture says she breaks open the tap and then she pours it on his head. So like Shelby said in her prayer, the aroma of the perfume is everywhere. To her, she has done something worthy. But church, she was out of place. What she did was forbidden. She was a woman in the company of all these men and let alone she walks up to Jesus and she pours something on his head. First, she is going against the non-recognition of the high priest and the chief priest and the religious leaders. Remember, they're angry at Jesus. They do not acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah. But she does. The last thing they wanted to see was the Messiah rise up during Passover. Because, whew, their jaws would be on the line. But this woman doesn't care about the high priest, the chief priest, the religious rulers, the temple. She goes and does something remarkable. And also she understands that Jesus' death is soon and his body needs to be prepared for his burial. Now the disciples, they get upset. They say, this is foolish. What is wrong with you? You could have took this expensive perfume and you could have sold it and you could have taken care of the poor. But she wasn't thinking because she knew what she had to do. She had to anoint Jesus. And she knew that she had to do it now. Timing was everything for her. I may not get this chance again. Passover's in two days. I may not be able to be this close to Jesus. I may not get another chance to pour the oil on his head so it's now or never. She understood that time was not on her side. This reminded me of a friend of mine. I had a friend in my previous appointment and he was battling stage four cancer. And he would come to church every Sunday. Sometimes he was up, sometimes he was down in a lot of pain. But what was so amazing about him, 
doing praise and testimony time, he always got up. Sometimes he would jump up, sometimes he'd have to push himself up, but he would get up in front of the church and he would say, oh, how I love him. I love the Lord. I remember this Sunday when he stood up, he said, I love the Lord. If the Lord could heal me, if the Lord could save me, if the Lord loved me and cared about me, church, he can do it for you too. He says, my body is hurting. He said, but as long as I have breath in me, I will praise God, I will stand up because I know I don't have much time. Several days later, I got the call that my friend had passed on to glory. Yeah. Church, we don't have a lot of time. Time is not on your side. You see, the obedient act of love for Jesus that this woman did was a sacrifice. She had been saving this oil for a long time. She could have made a lot of money. She could have helped the poor, she could have helped herself. But instead, she took what she had and she poured it on Jesus. She anointed Jesus because she understood, if I anoint the king, I will have eternal life. If I sell this oil, I will have this little life. What are you doing to show your love to Jesus? What are you willing to risk showing others how much you love Jesus? What are you willing to sacrifice out of obedience to Jesus. I'll let you take a moment and think about that. You can take it home and talk about it and allow it to sit and marinate. Church, sometimes, just like this woman, sometimes your actions, your service, your devotion, and your obedience to Jesus will cause you to be criticized. This woman did something amazing and remarkable Yet she was criticized by the very ones that were with Jesus. Church, sometimes when you're on fire for God and you're working in the name of Jesus, you will be criticized not just by naysayers, but what's even more painful is that sometimes you will be criticized from those within the church. The passion that Jesus has is the same passion that this woman has in this text. She does not care what people say. She doesn't care what will happen to her. She doesn't care about anything. 
but anointing Jesus. She will take whatever comes as long as she can do what she feels called to do. Can you say the same? Can you say for Jesus, I will pour out myself? In a moment, we will participate in the imposition of the ashes. This is our way to celebrate the season of Lent as we began the journey of suffering with Jesus to the cross. This is an opportunity for you to sacrifice, give up something, add something, do something, stop doing something, whatever you feel you need to do as it relates to your relationship with God. Save the best for last. So here's this woman with this jar. Now this is powerful right here, y'all. She's got this jar, and it's a pretty jar, and it's real nice, and the top is on there real good. But have you ever been in the heat of the moment, you know, and you know you got to do something now because you may get caught, or you know you're going to get in trouble? So she didn't have time to take the top and, you know, take it off all pretty and put it in her pocket. She had to break it. She broke that top. You know why? Because that signifies Jesus' broken body for us. And then when she broke the top, she had to hurry up. And she poured the oil on Jesus. Because Jesus poured out his blood for us. Church, I don't know what you're passionate about. But you know, I don't know what God is calling you to do, oppressing on your heart to do. I don't know what unfinished business you need to tend to. But what I do know, you better do it now. Because timing is everything. So in closing, church, all I will say to you is remember the broken body and the blood poured out for you. So every time you open your perfume or you take the top off your cologne and you inhale the fragrance of the bottle, and most of us put on perfume and cologne every day. <laughs> Remember the broken body and the blood that was poured out for you, the passion of Jesus. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the church say, Amen.